Dean, I'm going to ask. Is being recorded. Okay, so now we're being recorded. Now we're being recorded. So now that we're being recorded, I'm going to say hello and welcome to Painter by Quarterly Slush Pile. What you're about to hear is an editorial meeting. What we're going to do is talk about some poems, which is something we like to do a lot. And um, a lot. A lot. We do. We and have we a democratic editorial policy. And um, what was that one? I come up with metaphors all the time that are really bad. And I think one of my bad metaphors about what we do is, is uh, we are more like a barista than a K-cup, right? We, that works. Yeah. Like that. We, we curate this work. We take time with each and every one. And people have to just be patient, stand in line. We, we don't poison the oceans. And right. we're loud. Yeah. Yeah. So the the we, the we today is uh, an unusually small but powerful group. <laughs> it is the uh, the triad of Kathleen Volkmiller. That's me. Marion Wren out there in Abu Dhabi and Jason Schneiderman right here. up there in New York. Hello. Um, they can tell you a little bit more about themselves, but we have been working on this magazine together for a very long time. It's well, so be, long. What, what if we like start really like, sometimes we do get on of distractions, but like what if we're really old and we're still doing this and our voices are awesome. like old. But if you had told us <laughs> the ages that we are now, like when we started doing this, we'd be like, oh my God, that is so old. Yeah, we are so old. I guess we already are so <laughs> yeah. old. Like, we? like yeah. if you had told us like how old we were going to be when we were going to be doing this. Wow. Like it was a long time ago. Yeah, it has. It and some people's eyes would, yeah, there would be a lot of raised brows. But yeah. mostly because we look so hot, I think. That and I was gonna say raised brows because of Botox, right? Like we were all <laughs> <laughs> because of my frozen face that no longer moves. <laughs> And my giant duck lips and my my duck my duck lips and my Ah, come on kids I can proudly say none of us my quizzical eyebrows none of us have got under the knife there is no we should clarify that we are aging beautifully and naturally yeah we just we just well hydrated we just drink a lot (laughs) we're well hydrated we eat well we get a lot of sleep preserved. Um, okay, we're already nattering on and we didn't even okay. introduce ourselves properly. So I'm Kathleen Volkmiller and I am in the uh, sound studio here in lovely Philadelphia. It's a beautiful day at Drexel University. And um, I am with our wonderful co-op, Brittany Ogilvie. Hey, Britt. Hello, everyone. There she is. Hi, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> and also in the studio is Cho. Cho's looking at nature photos. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh, out and across 6,000, more than 6,000 miles away. Is many, many miles away. My, our lovely, lovely friend and poetry soulmate, Marion Red. Hello, slushies. It's Marion. Um, uh, and I'm here in my guest bedroom, um, phone and home. It's lovely to be on this call. <laughs> oh, <laughs> indeed, indeed. It's lovely to have you. Bouncing it back up to Jason in New York. Hello, I'm Jason Schneiderman. I am in my office at the Borough of Manhattan Community College. And I found this like 
Ricky Martin folder, like a Trapper Keeper folder from like the 1990s <laughs> yeah. in this the like uh, in this store. And yeah, so I'm looking at this like I just had this beautiful, really dreamy picture of Ricky that like is kind of keeping me going today. That's yeah. awesome, Trapper Keeper. A trapper Keeper. I can't even yeah. remember the TV commercial. I think. Um, <sighs> yay! Well, this is exciting. Okay. Uh, we have uh, three poems to do in this episode by Sarah Browning. Speaking of old people, the first one's called for the turkey buzzards <laughs> are old people buzzards right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. okay yeah. who wants to do that for the turkey buzzards i'll take that one all right thank you jason uh for the turkey buzzards who rise ungainly from the fields redheads almost unbearable to regard crooked and gelatinous how they circled their obsession on the scent of the winds, always circling back, returning to settle on that one dead thing that satisfies. The past to be pecked and pondered, forsaken fare for others, but for the scavenger, the favored meal, like us, the poets, who eat at the table of forgetfulness, ask the dead to nourish us, beg forgiveness as we circle and swoop, descend, Fold our wings, bend to the maggoty flesh, gorge on the spoiled, glistening feast. Great reading. Thank great you. reading. Sounds are great. All right. I have to tell you, I am a sucker for turkey buzzards, right? <laughs> they are beautifully, beautifully nasty looking birds, right? Oh so I think, I think Sarah does a terrific job um, sort of conjuring that image, especially with their crooked and gelatinous heads. <laughs> uh, Joe, could you please pull up a picture of a turkey buzzard for me? Do you know what you guys, uh, I mm-hmm. was thinking about turkeys and, mm-hmm. uh, where I live, we have had a turkey, wild turkeys, many wild turkey yeah. families, uh, yeah. hanging out. They get in your driveway. They won't get out. They're like stubborn. They're like the geese, you know, you got to wait for them. Mm-hmm. They're living their mm-hmm. life. But wow. He just got us a turkey vulture. Wow. Yeah. They're gnarly yeah. looking. Birds. They are they're scary. Beautiful. Look at that head. Oh yeah. my goodness. I guess I know what image we're going to put on the page oh for this one. Um, so- yeah. Well, what do we think? What do we think of this, of this metaphor of our, our, uh, our reader, like, you know, as readers, we're kind of like, yeah. and as writers, we're almost like vultures. This is beautifully written, but if reincarnation is real, I pray that I am not made into a turkey buzzard. <laughs> well, if, if reincarnation could be real and you could just be another human again, you might not be an animal. Yeah, but we don't get to choose. Or no. do we? <laughs> it's how you're living this life that dictates it from whatever. According according to the Republic, you do get to choose. <laughs> um, I mean, did that, what happened for you, Marion? I'm going to pick on you for just a second because you love a turkey buzzard, right? And we have all. I do love a turkey buzzard. Two, yeah. One, two, three, four tune line couplets. Uh, that are mm-hmm. just describing, or no, five, that are describing the scavenger. And then we get the simile, like us, the poets who eat at the table. Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in on that, right? Which yeah. is to say, like, I, um, so you've got a sort of six-line turn, like three stanzas of two lines that follow that long dash after the description. 
and the turn is on the like, right? right. So it's like us, the poets. And from to my ear, that's a bit um, like uh, on the nose, right? Like it's it's a hard turn and it makes the metaphor unrelenting in a way. Um, so it's it's for me, it's a bit too much, right? Um, to say Turkey Buzzard is as poet is, right? Um, and I and I wonder if that I might enjoy it if it was a little bit more um, obscured or made me reach for it a little bit more or to work for it. Like even if at the top of the poem was um, like you know like like po like poets, right? You know, or, or it, and then give me five like stanzas of description. I will forget that it's a metaphor. And then be pleasantly surprised that it returns to the metaphor um, um, to deliver. I, you know you what? Know? I'm, I I just thought of this now and I don't know if I should do it, but I'm gonna. What if it was this? What? Forsaken fare for others, but for the scavenger, the favored meal, like us who eat at the table of forgetfulness, ask the dead to nourish us, beg forgiveness. I, I, for me, I think the poets oh, yeah. is where it, where it's too on the nose. You know, poems about poets have always been a thing that bothers me. Poems about poetry, yeah. right? Yeah. What if it was yeah. like us who eat at the table of forgetfulness? Ask the dead. Well, I don't know. Shit. Like, I love ours poetica. Like, I actually love that shit, right? So uh-huh. I know it, it, it sort of bugs you when the poem becomes about a poem about poetry. Mm-hmm. bugs you right uh in this i think it's the it's it's just the um directness of it right well, I, so to take the poet out and keep us there it's still it, it's still a hard metaphor you know anyway i i would like it well that's that's the thing is that i on one hand i like sort of poetry being unrespectable i i'm like poetry is now so mainstream and everyone loves poetry and you know it's like i'm I'm like someone who used to like a band that was really obscure and now I can't get tickets to their concert show or, or you know, their like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. show. And I'm like, well, when they were at this bar, it was great. Um, so I, I, I like mm. the idea of poets as kind of disreputable as, as kind of like eating, you know, these things mm. that are, that are bad, that are, mm-hmm. you know, discarded, mm-hmm. that are um, rotting. But, but I don't, it's, it's not true that poets eat at the table of forgetfulness, right? Like, and I think what, mm-hmm. what Kathy did when she was like, we who eat at the table of forgetfulness, like that sounds like when that we becomes larger and a sort of like a population wide implication that I'm like, Oh, right. America, that works. Mm -hmm. But when it's like poets eat at the table of forgetfulness, I'm like, I mean, we do ask the dead to nourish us. Right. But do we ask for forgiveness? I don't, as poets, I I don't think we do. Do we? Right. Isn't the, isn't the poet and yeah. not doing the opposite of forgetting the, the poet is remembering, <laughs> right? God, I wish I could eat at the table of forgetfulness. And, you know, yeah. The poet keeps, oh. um, keeps reminding you in Mark's, Mark's moments by writing them down. So, yeah. but you know what, so, honestly, like I love that edit, but that is a, that is a strong edit to the poem, so, right? Yeah, like, so, so that's, I mean, it's, 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 it works certainly, especially by the reading that you and Kathy just gave it, right. The way it sort of like, you know, moves it out into a sort of, um, zeitgeist kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, but, but to my, to my ear, it's also like this poem wants to, wants to be about poems and poetry. Right. So if we strike that, that is like 
kind of right at the heart of the project. So, mm-hmm. I mean, this would definitely be, um, well, to, to tell our, to tell our listeners in case anybody hasn't listened to every single episode, which I'm sure they, but that's all everyone, in a row. everyone episode, in, that's uh, just three years row. worth of episodes. <laughs> You're underestimating the slushies. Well, no, I'm just saying, uh, let me remind them then that, um, we don't often make edits. We very in, yeah. un, you know, that is not a thing that we do very frequently at all. We either accept a poem or we don't accept a poem. So I just want to say that. And then um, we usually will vote twice poem as is poem with edit. Right. And then, of course, of course, of course, we write the author and ask uh, uh, their permission to do so. So I guess we would see, Marion, if the poets, you know, is an important mm-hmm. moment. Um, can we look at those last two lines. There's something for me here too, that I love that even as it's described so grotesquely, maggoty flesh spoiled to end with glistening feast makes it not repulsive to me. Right? Like I, I I like that. I like that it ends with glistening feast just wanted to say that out. well it's ghastly it's ghastly but it's beautiful right which yeah. is why i freaking like the idea of the turkey buzzard right like it yeah. is hor- like gross and beautiful like simultaneously which i dig yeah yes that's it that's it exactly to vote let's do it but how do we do it yeah like now well, it's complicated well we can do mm-hmm. two votes we can vote as is and then vote again okay. uh, with edit. And the edit is maybe we even leave that a little in the air. We get rid of the poets and we and we say it can as be the poet. Yeah. yeah. As the poet. And we should also we should also point out for the slushies that um, in terms of editorial practice, fiction editors and fiction writers tend to be much more um sort of not responsive, but or non-invasive, but they tend to, you know, kind of give much. Um, more substantive feedback. They tend to, you know, kind of say like, hey, there's something wrong with the story. Like you should do this, you should do that. Yeah. And poets don't, that's not really how poets work. Like edit- yep. the editorial process for poetry is almost always just kind of thumbs up or thumbs down. Yep. Um, so this is this is definitely like something we've done. I could probably count how many times we've done this. Yeah. Um, over the many hundreds of years that we have been editing. <laughs> <laughs> Being that we're okay. buzzards. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's do the voting. Let's vote. Uh, first round of voting is as is. Are we ready? One, we're going to flip thumbs. Okay. Two, three. As is. Okay. That's, that's, that is a no for as is. Let's see what happens with edit. One, two, three. And it's unanimous with edit. So that means we're going to have a call wow. with Sarah Browning. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Thank you, Sarah Browning. Yep. Thank and you, Sarah we'll Browning. be talking to you. Thank you, Sarah Browning. Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess we might even have a little addendum by the time we put this up. We'll probably have discussed it with her and we can have a little asterisk note in the mm-hmm. podcast pages. Yeah. Right. Um, all righty. So we have two more by Sarah Browning. And the next one is Desire. And um, I would like to read this one. I'm going to be selfish elf. Are we ready? Desire. I took your large hand and raised it. Just this, I said. 
the tip of a finger or two, just to the nail or so, into my mouth, which had dreamed of just that. You made a sound I hoped was a gasp, and I wanted, as I had for 30 years, to do it. Open my mouth and take your two large fingers all the way inside my throat, the size of them filling me. But I stopped in shame and desire, I blush writing, because you said we would say goodbye inside my rental car outside your hotel. Even now, days later, miles apart, I am hungry for such thick and full. You didn't even plan that. Wow, that worked. This reminds me of the song Ego by Beyonce. I was in the car with my dad and I was singing all the lyrics word for word. And my dad got so furious because it was a metaphor for something that is not inappropriate. It's not appropriate to sing around your father. Wow. Yeah. Did you not even think about it? You were, just, know. Yeah. you were just joying, just yeah. having joy on Beyonce. Yeah, I was yeah. 13. He was Curious. <laughs> we had a talk for like 10 minutes Aww. in that car. <laughs> wow, that's a great story. Yeah. It's like, take me to the candy shop by 50 Cent. Yeah. As kids used to sing it, mm. no one knew no what it really meant. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. Um, well, it's terribly evocative. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that's a way to put it yeah and I love that it is yeah. you know I love that it's just the tip <laughs> had to and, and yet it's and yet it is so oh my god every word I say is going to be raunchy now yeah. I was uh-huh. going to say and it's so satisfying <laughs> but it is Or maybe we just have dirty minds and it doesn't mean no. something dirty. Yeah, it does. You're putting <laughs> fingers in your mouth. Come on. There's no double entendre. It is what it is. This is right out there. Right? Rental car. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to, you know what? Let's talk about that act, that, that that like piece of the poem because KVM, I'm with you, right? This is a totally, you know, deliciously erotic full of desire lush moment right Mm -hmm. and it's so full of like you know that you know we get to the the you know third to the last stanza but i stopped in shame and desire long dash Mm -hmm. i blush writing long dash because you said we would and then it's almost like i can i can hear my breath hitch like what are you gonna do yeah we would yeah and then line break, stanza break, say goodbye inside my rental car outside your hotel. And it's like, but on bump, 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 like the, the, the heartbreak of that moment or the mm-hmm. finality of that. Right. And then even now, days later, miles apart, I'm hungry for such thick and full. Um, I, I want, I want to love that last line. And for some reason I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling it. So oh. why is that? 
Oh no, I was I was totally into the last line. Um, you were okay. Oh yeah, and for me, like the thirty years is so crucial. That this like desire right? has like burned and lasted so long, and then yep. it never gets consummated. Mm-hmm. And the the sort of the wish fulfillment is kind of like mm-hmm. a pre consummation. Just the just the fingers in the throat. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I love the thick and full. Um, I and they also too. like they describe the the hand, right? I mean, it's like a very mm-hmm. clear image of this particular hand, kind of the awareness of this desired body that after three decades will never be mm-hmm. the speakers. Yeah. Um, I love the last line as well. I really love the last line. And and you know what, Marion? It's the fact that I am mm. hung out there for such thick yep. and full. Yeah. Right? Just poof. Like, do you do you hear that? I'm I'm on the precipice. I'm just I'm hanging. I'm I'm left, I'm left wanting. I'm left yeah. wanting. Mm-hmm. Right? Ugh. Well, I, I think that what, what I really like about this that I, I did like about the last poem as well is that it sort of gets it what's embarrassing, right? That it it it, yeah. it gets right into the shame. It's like mm-hmm. I am I am telling you this even though it like burns me with shame because it's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely on board. Oh, and rental cars outside of hotels. Mm -hmm. (gasps) Yeah. Mm -hmm. You made a sound I hoped was a gasp, and I wanted. As I had for 30 years. (sighs) Yeah. I need to lie down. Do it. (laughs) Do it. Well, and it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's also like, it's bringing into being what doesn't happen so that you are simultaneously with the act and with the failure of the act to occur. And I, I, Mm -hmm. that's something you can only do in a poem. Mm -hmm. Joe? (laughs) Thoughts? You just play that sound clip again. <laughs> hey, well, you know what? Wait, I have to geek out on this a little bit. And I know right. it's like the opposite of erotic to do this, but I want to come back to that last line because I can feel what you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Like that I am hungry for such thick and full. And yet there's this like intellectual part of my brain that's like, why does that work? And why does it work when it should be thickness and fullness? Like it's, it's like I get my brain is snagging there. Like, yeah. Can you help me understand why that works? Why that er- quote error, right? Is actually precisely what has to happen there. Like help. I, it's I just help. so lizard brain. Like it doesn't, it, it, right. the language ah. kind of. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I think what I said too, that you're left, you're left wanting, you're left. I feel hung out there, you know, for such thick and full. Right. So the incompleteness right. is what you feel, but for Jason, it's the lizard brain deconstruction, like the, the, the dismantling yeah. of grammar. Is I think in yeah, that. both things there, yeah. there is, okay. you said my yeah. intellectual brain will stop using that. That's not what this is about. Well, right. Well, no, Kathleen, of course I'm going to use it. I want to understand why I'm feeling the emotion that I'm feeling because of the craft of the poem. Like that's no. a choice. 
that the poets made. And I want right. to know how it worked on me. Right. That's what I mean by my intellectual brain. Right. And right? I, well, I guess I'm so just I'm, trying to, I was trying to joke because Jason said, well, it's your lizard brain. Like you, you know what I mean? Just like right. feel it and right. don't question it. Right. Um, I know that it works for me because like the word thick sounds more like a noun in this sense. And it works mm-hmm. instead of just saying body parts for me. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, Brit. Yes, I see that. I can see that too. That's interesting, right? Like, yeah. And how about the mouth dreaming too? Back to that second stanza, into my mouth, which which had dreamed of just that. The mouth had dreamed of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The physicality of that, mm-hmm. the lack of, of intellectual brain yeah. there too, right? Just, just totally. desire, just desire. That's what this is about. Desire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that really helps me, right? Like that, now I, now I get the craft of that. Um, and it makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that the title is so on the nose, mm-hmm. right? Desire. Yeah. Here's a poem about desire. Mm -hmm. Right. And really, I think Jason mentioned, I don't know, the fact that we do end up in the rental car outside the hotel too. Wow. I mean, it's, I'm getting a whole, I got a whole movie. Yeah. You know, or a 30 or a big novel. (laughs) You know what? And honestly, Kathleen, like that, look at that line. We, you know, you were hung out on, you know, we said we would say goodbye inside my rental car outside. So you've got that double situation of like you're inside this intimate space, but you're outside simultaneously, right? Like, and that's where desire sits, right? Like that craving, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, For what's, mm-hmm. what's not available, right? Like the gap, right? Um, it's freaking so well done in the single line. Say goodbye inside my rental car outside. Line break yeah. in the hotel. Yeah. So great. Yeah, I like that too. So great. I don't know if I even noticed it until until I said it. I read it aloud. When I read Say Goodbye mm-hmm. Inside My Rental Car Outside, you know, I was like, wow. Yeah. Um, Joe has done us this great favor today that we've, something we've never done before, where he has a, a a really big screen. What is that? 48 inches or something, 60. I don't know. It's very thick. How big is that, Joe? Oh my God. (laughs) Joe. I knew you were going there. I've never seen this before. Set set me up. (laughs) And I'm saying Joe's done something he's never done before. Um, So anyway, he's got this, (laughs) I was going to say big again, but I won't. Um, There's, he has uh, been putting the palms up on the screen for us today. So even mm-hmm. though I have it in paper on paper in front of my face, I'm also experiencing it on this giant screen on the wall. And it's kind of cool. I like this a lot. I just took a picture of it. We'll put it on social media. So now you got to follow us slushies. If you're not, I, uh, it's very nice to see it this way. Um, we do have one more from Sarah Browning. So shall we? Shall we yeah, flip let's thumbs? Do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. One, two, three. Oh. And it's unanimous. Oh, thank God. Oh. <laughs> 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 
Oh, thank oh, you, Sarah Browning. Thank you awesome. so much, Sarah Browning. <laughs> okay. We have one more, and it's after I knew. Britt, would you like to do it or? Sure. Oh, good. <laughs> okay. After I knew, I drove alone through the farmland of central New York, the open vistas and steep drops, towns with names like Lyle unexplored, their secrets hoarded. As I was hoarded my own secret, then, I-88 was empty as always, and I followed its long high valley, driving away from you. We had not yelled or broken mere things. I did not cry. I drove fast, but not recklessly. I stopped for a nap before Albany, a middle-aged woman sleeping alone in an aging geoprism. For a few more miles, I hoped I could just drive away. Nice. Thank you very much. For a few more miles, I hoped I could just drive away. We had not yelled or broken mere things. Hmm. I kind of dig the way this poem keeps its secrets, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's even in the mm -hmm. title after I knew. Like it, she doesn't tell you a thing, even though she's telling you everything, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's a really de like depressing image, right? At the end there. Sleeping mm -hmm. on the side of the road in your geoprism, right? Like whatever got broken here, got all the way broken. Sure. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting to me how in both this one and the previous one, you don't really know the backstory. Mm -hmm. um, within right. Desire, like I kind of filled in all the spaces that I needed. Whereas in this one, I really want to know, I want to see this in, in context with other poems to kind of tell me what's happening. You know, Jason, that's exactly, it's hard to read it outside of the context of the, the one yeah. that we just discussed, right? Like mm. it, it, uh, my, my brain wants the two to be speaking to each other, but I don't know that they are, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, it really, but there is, it feels like there's much more that I, I'm craving. Uh, they, for me, they are absolutely separate, absolutely oh, yeah. different stories. Yeah. What I like about this one is the secret part that uh, one of you guys mentioned mm -hmm. after I knew implies I've found something out, right? The speaker has oh. found something out, but right. as I was hoarding my own secret then mm -hmm. is fascinating, right? Mm -hmm. um, because did the speaker find something out and still keep her own secret? Yeah, Kathleen, it's like, is she, did she discover something and keep it to herself? Or is it like after I knew we were done, like after I knew this relationship was over, mm -hmm. right? Like, mm -hmm. and it's, and it's hard to know which of those. And I mean, mm -hmm. I guess this goes to the sort of ambiguity ambivalence question we, we talked about in the past, like, mm -hmm. is the poem giving you those two possibilities whole? Right. Right. Yeah. 
I, I feel like it is intentionally not telling us, you know, exactly, exactly. Right. But I, I think if right. we're talking about logistics, I have more confusion at the end because I think she is driving away. Mm-hmm. And then it says for a few more miles, I hoped I could just drive away. She is. Mm-hmm. But she's not. I mean, right. I mean, that's okay. like, that's like the point is that um, when she drives away, it goes with her. Uh, um, we had not yelled or broken mere things. Mm-hmm. I did not cry. I drove fast, but not recklessly. That she's she's still very much who she is, mm-hmm. but she's hoping she can get away from um, that. That I hoped I could just drive. I mean, the way I read, I hoped I could just drive away. Is that she thought she could get away from it, and mm-hmm. that she can't. That it goes with her. That 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 experience, that memory, that everything is is still inside her. It still shapes her and who she is. Mm-hmm. So are you saying that it's as if she had the fuel in the beginning to drive, but then after a while she realized that it's hard and she thought it was going to be to get to her destination? Mm. No, that um, she thought, you know, she could just get away from it. Mm-hmm. And instead it kind of came with her. That she, the, by, the, by driving away, she thought she could leave behind um, the pain of the relationship mm-hmm. and the history of the relationship but it doesn't work that way. Right. Mm. And then as she's driving away, she's realizing like, oh, I can't mm-hmm. leave because this is my history and I'm myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So in that first stanza, it's I-88 was empty and as always, and I followed its long high valley driving away from you. Now, if you jump to the second stanza, the, the line that Kathy's pointed out at the end there, it's hope, right? For a few more miles, I hoped I could just drive away, creates this like feeling of such a deep connection to this person that, you know, even though this, the relationship has been traumatized and she's trying to get away, maybe she can't, or as Jason's pointing out, like maybe she's carrying secrets that they go with her, right? Like yeah. she wishes she could leave it behind, but they're coming with her, right? That's like, great. And again, you've got b- both of those possibilities, right? Right. That's really great. Maybe she can't drive away because she's going to go back. She knows she's going to go back. Right. Or maybe she's just going right. to always carry this with her. Either way, it works, right? right. Like with what we right. get on the page. Mm-hmm. And it's up to you to fill yeah. that in. Yeah. Huh. Fascinating. So maybe it's a secret that could change everything. Maybe if she told him the secrets, it could fix things or make things worse. <laughs> One of those two things. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like I'm in a soap opera when reading this. Yeah. In a good way <laughs> or a bad way? A good way a or good way. more right. neutral. <laughs> I'm not That's sure. You know, it's funny. I think of something Kathy always says, um, slushies when she's reading poems, which is, does, does the poem make you want to stay with it and does it reward rereading? Right. Mm -hmm. And, and there's something about the way this poem is working with this conversation. Like it keeps blooming or amplifying, right? Like for me as a reader, like it's, it it gets more intricate, right? It gets, the folds get more, um, complicated and rich, right? Um, or the possibilities get richer the more we're talking about it. Right. And that instead of like, there's so many possibilities, it's confusing and fuck it, right? It's mm-hmm. these these possibilities make me feel like I'm in a soap opera. 
which is kind of cool. Yeah. Thank you for that, Marion. You're, uh, you're right. I think I've definitely found more since we've been hanging out and mm-hmm. I feel like we could keep hanging out and, and, you know, scratching at it. Yeah. And I, I love, I love the way that age is very subtly functioning in the poem. Like, I mean, just being a young person taking a nap in your car as you speed away from a relationship is, you know, an exciting Liz Fair song. Right. It's romantic. (laughs) A middle-aged woman sleeping alone in an aging geo prism as you like, uh, you know, it's sad. Yeah. It's so much more. Exactly. It's a bigger deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bigger deal. And, um, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't sort of bring out that detail until very late, but, um, yeah, no, I, I find it really aching. Mm-hmm. I find it aching. That'll be the title so of this thick. episode. No. <laughs> oh, Sarah Browning, thank you so Sorry. much for such a great 45 minutes here. <laughs> this is definitely going to be the best 45 minutes of my day. I mean, I shouldn't say that. It's early for me. But <laughs> uh, let's vote. Let's do okay. it. Yeah. Flipping thumbs. One, two, three, vote. And it's unanimous. Okay, so this is an interesting episode for sure, for sure, because we're going to talk to her about the turkey buzzards, and we were, we were uh, <laughs> raising the roof on desire and mm-hmm. after I knew. So yeah, yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you mm-hmm. so much, mm-hmm. Sarah. Uh, Thanks, Sarah. listeners. You know what? I don't think I said once, but I know you're all loyal slushies, and you know this. But the poems themselves are on the uh, podcast page on our website, pbqmag.org. You can always read along, read in front of us, read behind us, whatever you want to do. Um, so, yeah. Does anybody have anything else they need or want to say? Marion, don't hang up because uh, Nicole had a dream of both of us. And I'm going to tell you it when we're done. Oh, so, okay. awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm Wait, doing I it on the, the episode. I, I kind of... I don't know. Okay. Nicole has dreams about you that I'm not in. Yeah, listen, I know what, I'm <laughs> Wait, gonna not... I'm gonna read it now. I got this text. <laughs> I'm a little from her. hurt. I got this text from her this morning. Okay. Wait, so not, I, Nicole not Nicole Callahan. Not Nicole Callahan. No, not Nicole Callahan. This is oh, Nicole. Okay, Mike you Sandwich. can uh, yeah. this oh. other person can dream about you without <laughs> you. Were, you were that's jealous. Better. That's better. <laughs> <laughs> if this Nicole like had ever met you, she would probably dream of you. But this is the partner of a longtime PBQ editor, Brian Dickey, who hasn't been editing with us for quite a while now, but he's still a family friend and uh, we love him and we love his partner, Nicole. And she had this dream. So I had this dream that me and you and Marion were at a bar and Marion had Mm -hmm. the mom cut with quotes haircut where it's short and it's all spiky in the back. Mm -hmm. And you guys sat in one chair, (laughs) which I think we've probably done. And then you were telling these other women that you guys go to bathhouses on the regs and screw the guys there. And I was just observing in shock at what I was hearing. And then we made eye contact and you saw that I was horrified, but you just kept talking. And then I lost my purse over and over again. 
god. What? Can we all just go? What? Wow. What? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, thank you for letting me share that with you. So, yeah, she wants to know what it means, and I don't. I don't have any idea. I think she just must be under a lot of stress. <laughs> Uh, it sounds like it. Wait, she lost her purse over and over again. Yeah. That's what that, the ending is, That's right? the ending. Okay. And I just kept okay. talking and then I lost my purse over and over again. That over she and did. over again. Yeah, that's, a, that's a great line. Honestly, <laughs> like she should just turn that into a freaking poem. Yeah. Well, and so <laughs> listeners, Marion has really curly hair. And I don't know if Marion could ever wear that mom hair that she's <laughs> describing. So if, you, if you read, if you read the case study of Dora, right, like the, the Freud's, mm-hmm. like one of Freud's original case studies of Dora, there's a, there's an amazing scene where Dora has a dream in which something happens with her purse, and Freud oh, says to her, "Well, you know, a purse is slang for vagina," and her what? response is, "Yeah, I knew you were going to say that." Oh, well, now maybe it does. We she so was dreaming maybe, of sex. I don't know, like Mary and I are having sex, purse, but you're having sex with all the guys at the bathhouse in the dream. And then Nicole's the one losing the purse over and over again. Yeah, like she's hmm. like not able to kind of find her own mojo, but she thinks that you guys like have your mojo really going, even though Marion has like taken on the mom cut, which is usually <laughs> just that time for business. I listen, I am gone. I've gone deep image on the mom cut, by the way. I could never rock this. I could seriously. You would need a hair wow. transplant. Is that a thing? Wow. You would need a hair transplant, babe. Hair yeah. transplant. It would never right. Or a wig. I could if I got it as a wig. No. You know, I don't think I no. ever told you this, but there was a, a I had a, a person stay in my apartment here in Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was a, a student and she was graduating. And when they graduate, you only get to take a single suitcase home with you. This is important because she stayed in my apartment for the summer to watch my cat and left a ton of shit behind. I mean, like a ton of stuff that wouldn't fit in her suitcase, right? Everything from like LSAT books to a bag of wigs. I kid you not. <laughs> a bag right? of wigs? So, a bag of wigs. Right? How many so wigs fit in a bag of wigs? Like, like five wigs. I got oh, a red yeah. one. Brown one, like right? like and like costumey or like real hair, like you would wear to disguise yourself as a spy. Unclear. Unclear. <laughs> so, so we every time we get like rip shit drunk, the bag of wigs comes out. Everybody's like, <laughs> so I'm gonna go get a mom mom cut wig and see if I can rock this. Okay? I love it. I love this whole story. Bag o wigs. Everyone Bag needs one. Bag of wigs. That, that might be the title of the episode. Bag of wigs. Hashtag bag of wigs. Hashtag bag of wigs. Bag of wigs. Oh my what God. kind of party is it? Is it a bag of wigs kind of party? <laughs> what kind of night did you have? A bag of nights? A bag, bag, bag of wigs. A total bag of wigs. That night was a bag of wigs. Bag of wigs. Oh my goodness. Oh, Sarah Browning. I hope you don't mind. You know that we love you. And we thank you so much for letting us read your poems and get silly afterwards. Um, Thank you uh, to our listeners. Thank you to Sarah Browning. Thank you to Brit the Cobb. Thank you to Joe Zhang, the wonderful sound engineer. And um, everybody, keep reading. Woohoo! Woohoo! Bag of wigs. Bag of wigs. 
So wait, so that's why you wanted me to stay on the phone, but you told me the story. I know. <laughs> I just, it seemed that's appropriate so with desire. Yeah. Joe singing? Clear. Joe, Joe, uh, <laughs> it's put on this uh, beautiful little moment from Jillian Welch's I Dream a Highway. Oh, nice.